0: This is uh, The Breakdown, I'm your host Yasser Louati talking to you straight from the Paris South Side of Montlieu, and I thank you for continuing to listen to us on this new podcast. As the world is watching in horror. Or admiration to what's happening in the US. I'm referring of course to the racist killing of George Floyd by a white cop in Minnesota and the aftermath of the anger that has been sweeping across the United States. Well that anger we have been watching in admiration and with our total support out here on this side of the Atlantic, well that anger has crossed the Atlantic and reached the capital cities of Europe, London, Berlin, Madrid, to name a few, and I will report. And I'm reporting to you from Paris today about the historic march that took place yesterday before the Courthouse of Paris in the Porte de Clichy uh, neighborhood. The demonstration was organized through a coalition of families that have been targeted by police brutality led by the family of Adama Traoré. The young man was killed by the French Gendarmerie, which is the equivalent of a military police in France. The young man was arrested as he was returning back home to pick up his idea. Unfortunately, he is crossing paths with the uh, law enforcement uh, uh, soldiers, I should say, led to his killing, which means any time a black person or an Arab person or a Muslim person or a visibly, I should say, Muslim person crosses paths with the police, his life or her life is literally in danger. The connection today is that what happened to George Floyd On the 25th of May 2020 is exactly what happened to Adama Traoré in 2016 when he was arrested and died because of uh, the police officer or the gendarmerie officers sitting on him and crushing his uh, throat and uh, chest. The same uh, arrest techniques were applied against him and it's Sparked a new wave of outrage among the black and Arab and Muslim population in France to demand not only justice for the killing of Adama Traoré, but the end of police brutality and, dare I mention, the structural problem of white supremacy in France, the racist ideologies that have been applied against minorities in France, not only through the police but also through state institutions Institutions, we should re- remind people and I'm reminding you, dear listeners, that if you are a black or Arab person in France you are already 20 times more likely of being racially profiled, profiled by the police. And if you make it um, uh, past the police officers who cross your path on your way to work, to school well, if you apply for a job and you are a Muslim person, you are five times more likely of being discriminated against meaning that you have to apply five times more than any other white candidate. Now, having said that, we have to speak about what's wrong with the French police. Now, I know you listeners in the U.S. or the U.K. have been watching in admiration the yellow vest movement. And for that, we have to speak of the historic roots of police brutality in France. Now, first... We take a short break and I will be right back with you. Please stay online with us and talk to you in about two minutes. That was a Beat Junkie Rato, and I thank them for providing us with dope instrumentals, and I invite you to check them online or on their website or on YouTube. Now, let's get back to our subject today at hands. Now, we are in the aftermath of the racist killing of George Floyd in Minnesota, which reminded us with the his plea for his life, I can't breathe, which, which sends us back to the, again, racist police killing of Eric Gardner at the hands of the police officers Daniel Panteleo and Justin D'Amico on July 17th, 2014 in Staten Island, New York. The I can't breathe of George Floyd and Eric Gardner definitely resonates with what we are experiencing in France in terms of police brutality under the patronage of white supremacy. Now, I know many of you people Around the globe Refer to France As this country Of romanticism uh, Wine Chocolate Flowers And you know You know the 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 best place to go to on a honeymoon well what people's of colors are experiencing in france is far from the fairy tale Many tourists experience as a matter of fact I spoke to an african-american lady who used to work at the American embassy and she herself Experienced racism by at the hands of the French police in downtown Paris And today the question of police brutality in France definitely Resonates with what's happening in the US and the case of Adamat Traoré, who I repeat was killed in the exact same circumstances as George Floyd. But in his case, Adamat Traoré, three police officers sat on him with their knees on his chest and throat and they put him under in, in a submitting position until his last breath. Now, and as it happened in the US, listen carefully. As it happened in the U.S., there was an expertise which concluded that Adama Traoré died of heart failure. Well, it turned out that Adama Traoré was a sports uh, guy. He did work out. He was in a very good shape. There was no reason for his heart to fail. Now, of course, you cannot choke a person to death and say, well, their body gave up on them. And what happened to George Floyd in the US with this official expertise saying that he died of of health problems and not because a police a police officer put his knee on his throat until he stopped breathing. They used that to uh, exonerate the police officers and we saw the same thing. The exact same thing here in France with the case of Adama Traoré. And we see that official bodies who, con- who conduct medical expertise when people are killed by the police, they always, always, if not all the time, exonerate police officers. Now, the fa- the family of Adama Traoré did pursue the investigation. They did not give in. They have been seeking justice for the past four years, just like many other families have been doing so and I will be naming them one by one. Now, Let's continue on the case of Adama Traoré. They concluded that he died of a heart failure, A new expertise came about, I think, two days ago, and it concluded that he died of suffocation because police officers did exercise on him disproportionate amount of violence. And the march of yesterday, which brought between 20,000 to 23,000 people, is not only due to the outrage with the case of Adama Traoré, But also, it happened because we have been in France calling out police brutality for years. And as the French Republic, as we know it today, is becoming a very weak regime, and I will come to it uh, a bit later, the police is perceived as the last line between the French regime and the angry people who are fed up not only of Uh, economic discrimination or economic inequalities, but minorities who are always the first to experience inequalities in our banlieue, in our what we call quartier populaire, which is working class neighborhoods. We are always the first to experience economic hardship because we are the first in lines to, in job insecurities, we are the first in line against whom... Unfair economic policies are applied. I will not get into why this happens in France today Because if there was a solidarity among the working classes none of this would happen But capitalism not only has managed to divide between working-class people and there was uh, Some uh, there has been racial tension between working-class working-class people from Africa blacks and Arabs and the white working-class Which saw them as a threat because they would be they would be accepting lower salaries, whereas they were trying to kind of climb the social ladder, even though it meant for them experiencing economic hardship and not being fully valued by the capitalist system. Now, in our banlieue today, what's going on is that we have a police force that is not only perceived as an occupying force, but also an aggressive statement by the French state saying that this is where you belong, do not come to other neighborhoods. And that's why when many of us leave the Bollywood to go, and say, for example, at night, or when, when we used to go at night to downtown Paris, we always have to experience racial profiling. And my son himself, who tried to be a police, who wanted to be a police officer, Already knows that the French police is racist. The French police is aggressive. The, pres- the French police is dangerous, and that and he internalized this idea as early as the age of, I think, eight years old, because he saw. Because one day, I'm just you know a small day, you know uh, story I, I want to tell is that he went to a police officer, and we lived back then on the west side of Paris, and he went to him and asked. Uh, Someone to take a picture with him and the police officer because he was impressed by the uniform and the gear, you know, that the police officers had. And the police just, you know, looked down on him and told him, oh, that's illegal. You know, sorry, can't do that. Move on. (laughs) And I'm like, I just looked at the police officer and I'm like, do you have any idea how this kid is feeling right now? Just a few moments ago, he looked at you as a savior, a hero, and he saw in you a person he wanted to become. Well, thanks to you, I think that I changed his mind, his mind. Now, time passed, and I did not tell my son to stop wanting to be a police officer, and he by himself, by watching the news, by watching what's happening around him in the, in the banlieue, on the south side of Paris, by watching the news and how the Yellow Vest movement has been crushed by the police, by watching and understanding that the police is always protected and, he, and him not being able to see police officers brought to court to, to be exposed, not only to be exposed, but for victims to seek justice. I think after some time, maybe speaking with his friends, his black and Arab friends, he ended up believing that there was no place for him in the police. Now, talking about the police, which is again, as I mentioned earlier, the last line between French people and a crumbling regime. Let's go back to its genesis and understand that the violence we are calling out today is has been here for almost forever. Now, first, what few people know, uh, the French Police or the police nationale, in English the national police as we know it today, was born, listen carefully, 14 August 1941. Who was in power in 1941 in France? Philippe Pétain, Maréchal Philippe Pétain, who was head of the Vichy. Government and the Vichy, the Vichy government was a collaborationist government, which means they bowed to the to the occupying Nazi forces and applied their racist, fascist policies. Now, Philippe Pétain, who is who was heading the Vichy government, which was a far right government, signed a decree on fourteen August nineteen forty one, which. Brought to life the new police corps as we know it today, and not only was the, was the police born under a shameful government that entered history through, through on the blood of our Jewish fellow countrymen. The first uh, action uh, accomplished by the police, what we call les uh, fedames, or the actions that gave a name to the police. It wasn't trying to liberate the country from the occupying Nazi forces, it was working with them on the deportation of Jews through people like René Bousquet, who reported directly to the SS administration in France, through Maurice Papon, who was back then in the prefecture of Gironde in the southwest of France, and they themselves headed the uh, departments dealing with what we call the Jewish affairs, and organized the Deportation of at least 1,600 French Jews to the death camps uh, in Nazi uh, Germany. That's not nothing. That means the French police, as we know it today, when you see a French police officer, he's wearing the uniform of an institution that was born under Nazi Germany, of course, through the Vichy government. Now, that anti Semitic violence applied by the Vichy government was not put to an end after the end of the the Second World War in 1945. Far from that, the people who organized and orchestrated the deportation of Jews and the application of of anti-Semitic policies remained in power. And the case of Maurice Papon speaks volumes because Maurice Papon was the head of the police in Paris in 1961. What happened in Paris in 1961? Between 200 and 300 Algerians were killed, massacred by the police. 17 October 1961, the independence movement in Algeria was gaining momentum and Algerian independence independence activists organized a march to show the widespread popular support of the National Liberation Front, the FLN in Algeria. And the order given by Maurice Papon, was to kill those Algerians. So much so, they had so many corpses that many of them were directly thrown into the Seine River. And to add insult to injury, what happened? As Algerians were being killed, people were cheering as Algerians were brutally killed and police officers walking out of the crime scenes with their hands filled with blood and their uniforms stained with Algerian blood. What happened to the police officers back then? Absolutely nothing. Maurice Papon not only was a state official under the Vichy government with the blood of over 1,600 Jews on his hands, but also the blood of over 300 Algerians as he killed them in 1961. Well, guess what? Maurice Papon was never sacked, the police forces were never purged, and many of the officers who were in place before the liberation of Paris and afterwards remained in position and kept their careers on track, and in the case of Maurice Papon, it is quite blunt and blatant that the support he enjoyed at the highest levels of the French state allowed him to become, listen carefully, a mayor, a member of parliament, and even a minister, the minister of budget, in, as, uh, um, as late as 1981, under President Valéry Giscard d'Estaing. What does that say about the French state and the racist policies which are deeply ingrained in its institutions? First, we have to remember, even before the police was created under an anti-Semitic government, we have to remember that all the constitutions of the French Republic were written as France was either involved in the slave trade or colonization. Listen carefully, and I'm going to repeat this. France is a colonial republic, meaning that racist policies have been an integral part of her history. You cannot make people believe that a country can have all of its constitutions written as black and Arabs and Asians are reduced either to slavery or colonized and treated like subhumans. And then ask us to believe that there's no racism running through the veins of the French Republic. You cannot speak of the French Republic unless you call it a colonial republic. And what happened to blacks in the West Indies and Arabs and blacks in Africa and Asians uh, in, um, in, in Vietnam or what used to be called back then Indochina? They were not isolated incidents. They were They were policies thoroughly designed to maintain white domination. And the most, the cruelest example of such racist policies was Algeria, when there was a hierarchy between what they called Europeans and the indigenous peoples. Now, fast forward, and let's get back to 1961. We have Maurice Papon killing over 200 people, if not 300, in downtown Paris as people were sitting in their cafes. So when you walk down the bridges of Paris, uh, the, the and I'm going to name it, it's the um, Alexander III uh, Bridge between the 7th and the 8th arrondissement of Paris, or let's call them uh, the 7th and 8th district of uh, downtown Paris. On that bridge, people were being thrown into, into the Seine River in total impunity, and nobody so far has been held accountable. Maurice Papon went through his trial in 1998, right? He was expected to spend the rest of his life in prison. Well, the rest is history. Now, let's continue from the 1960s, right? Actually, from 1961 to 1967 in the West Indies, in Guadeloupe. Before even the, May, the famous May 1968 uh, riots uh, took place, the French police was behaving as a racist occupying force in Guadeloupe and white police officers, after a demonstration for equality led by uh, black West Indians in Guadeloupe, what happened? They shot and killed nearly 100 people over there. Now, you mean to tell me that after deporting Jews, after killing between 200 and 300 Algerians in 1961, the killing of blacks in 1967 was also an incident of history? Come on. But I'm not done with the history of the French police. The 1970s were marked by the brutal killing of at least 15 to 20 Algerians. And I'm talking about youngsters, People who were my age when I was playing football, or what you people call soccer, in the suburbs, in my case, on the, in the south side of Paris. Many of the police officers had served in Algeria as soldiers during the brutal repression of the Algerian or independence movement. And for them, to quote them, and you can find it out in many of the interviews of those people, to them, the war against Algerians was not over, and they had to continue the war in the banlieue of France, be it in Paris, Lyon, or Marseille. That police violence shocked so many people, destroyed so many lives, so many families, that in 1983 took place the historic march against racism and for equality, the famous 1983 march. And this march for equality and against racism, which took place uh, between October and December, began in the city of Marseille because people were fed up with police brutality and walked from Paris down south all the way up to Paris. And that's 900 kilometers or about 600 miles. And by the time a handful of people left Marseille, when they got to Paris, they became a hundred thousand. And that historic march put blacks, especially Arabs, onto the political chart of France. Why? Because for the first time, they did speak as political subjects. People who spoke for themselves, who organized, to say enough is enough. We belong here. This is our land as much as it is yours. And not only you owe us the liberation of France. When people like you in the state were collaborating with the Nazis, the indigenous soldiers freed this country from the Nazis, and our parents rebuilt this country. Because there were not enough men left to do the work, and many of them refused to do the job of rebuilding the country. 1983 took place the march, and then, unfortunately, the march became depoliticized. The then-socialist government took control of it in order to empty it from its political message calling or demanding equality. Now, one would think that because people marched in numbers, 100,000 people, in 1983, police brutality would stop. No, it did not stop. And the 1980s and 90s saw the continuous killing of blacks and Arabs in the ethnic neighborhoods or the banlieue of, of, of France by the dozens. And that's why when today white people complain in France about police brutality, especially the Yellow Vest movement, we constantly remind them, You remained quiet for 40 years when police brutality was applied against blacks and Arabs in the banlieue because you felt safe and you did identify with the racist police of France. But now that this brutality left the banlieue, which was the laboratory of repression in France, and now that this brutality left the banlieue, and expanded its expertise of repression that was gained on the bodies of blacks and Arabs in France and now is, has been, or is being applied against your kids who were marching in 2016 against the uh, labor reform the, uh, during the Paris Occupy movement. Now that the police is maiming and, and tear-gassing white people in the Yellow Vest movement, now you do say, oh, the police is brutal. The police is out of control. Yeah, but where have you been all those 40 years? Why didn't you join blacks and Arabs in the banlieue to stand with them? Did you think you were safe forever from the police? Didn't you know that when you accept brutality and injustice against a minority, you are just next? It's not a question of if, it is just a question of when. You've been selfish for long enough until that brutality left the banlieue and started attacking you. And today, I do not not think... People in the Yellow Vest movement are sincere enough when they criticize police because their criticism, their criticism, has only been possible because white bodies this time have been experiencing the brutality of the police. And today, we also have to speak of the police brutality that took place against Muslims in the repression post-November 2015. And if you all remember, and for those who don't. The state of emergency was declared in November 2015. And in November 2015, the state decided that it was time to retaliate against the Muslim population. Now, of course, they called it radical Islam and Islamists and and ISIS-like militants. The problem is that for a period of two years, over 5,000 raids were carried against people and sixteen percent of those at, of, of those raids led to investigations on terror charges but who were the victims of those raids in the overwhelming majority it was Muslims Muslim homes Muslim places of worship Muslim businesses and once and I'm targeting right now the very left that we are supposed to be allied with the French left remained silent as the state was raiding and thrashing and ransacking Muslim homes, businesses and places of worship when they remained silent I knew that back then they were going to be next and guess what happened two weeks down the road after François Hollande declared the state of emergency on November 14th, 2015 the COP21 event took place the environmental summit and who was targeted by those same techniques? environmentalists union leaders, anarchists in their very homes, in their very businesses, in their very offices, and as they were demonstrating outside the building of the COP21 event. Now, that's why there is a problem in France, because to this day, the state creates a precedent and makes the majority of the population feel safe. Just like Maréchal Pétain under Vichy made people feel safe by targeting and singling out the Jews, what happened? He led the country to a collective suicide. And today, the French government is repeating the exact same thing, and white people are waking up, but unfortunately they are waking up way too late. We take a short break, and I will be right back with you to speak about what's happening today with the French police the consequences of police brutality, and the many cases of blacks and Arabs being killed by the police, and why this police is only the reflection of a crumbling regime under Emmanuel Macron, and why the only way forward is not only for the regime to fall, but for a redefinition of national identity and where the French Republic should be standing. Stay with us. Was a screwaholic real hip hop. Thanks again for remaining with us. Now let's talk about the other cases which. Prove that there is a problem of white violence in France through the hands of the police. Now, I spoke a few minutes ago about how French people, I'm talking about white people in France, did remain silent for decades as long as police brutality was applied against blacks and Arabs in the banlieue, and that they only called called out police brutality, and I mean in numbers, when that police brutality was targeting their kids, as it did in 2016 in the the Paris Occupy uh, movement, and as parents, kids and even grandchildren Were targeted during the yellow vest movement Now let's talk about Amin Bentunsi. There was no support for him Coming from the majority population Amin Bentunsi was killed by the French police And shot in the back The police officer claimed that he feared for his life And all the autops- the autopsies And all the, exper- the expertises Called for by independent bodies Excuse me proved that the police officer was at no time threatened and that he was in no position to claim to act in legitimate self-defense. Now, his sister, Amal Bentounsi, led a a five-year struggle to seek justice and make sure that those police officers are put to trial. And for the first time ever in France, a police officer was tried and then condemned and sentenced to what we call prison avec sursis. And uh, that could be translated to a suspended prison sentence. Now, of course, it there is, the frustration remains there because the police officers uh, did violate their code of conduct. They killed an innocent man, regardless of the accusations brought uh, after he died to make him look like a guilty person who deserved to be put to death. Nevertheless, the condemnation and the sentence uh, pronounced uh, against those police officers uh, proved that you cannot seek justice against the police unless you are ready to sacrifice everything for several years. And maybe, perhaps, hopefully, you may get a sentence as the one obtained by Amal Bentunsi for the killing of her brother by police officers. But yet, that did not bring him back to life and those police officers will never serve jail time. But... Her succeeding to have them sentenced, even for suspended prison time, it was, and it still is, a historic accomplishment. Now, for those of you abroad thinking that this violence may be sporadic and happens from time to time, I know you may be changing your mind, but there are cases that do change the course of history. And among those cases is the death the killing of Malik Husekin in 1986. He was 22 years old, he was a student, and he was participating in a uh, student demonstration and unfortunately for him, he crossed paths with the police. Back then, there was a unit called Les Voltigeurs, who were police officers on motorcycles, and they used to l- drive their motorcycles to chase you know, demonstrators and beat them down. Now, the beating down of Malik Usekim by multiple police officers took place without any witnesses and, he, and his body was found lifeless. They beat him so bad that he Literally died, not only from their uh, uh, their punches and their kicks. He died because he was scared. His heart gave up on him because he was terrified, literally to death. And the killing of Malik Osekin led to a change of um, the dogma or the doctrine of law enforcement or how police officers and the police forces um, intervene when demonstrations take place. And from then on, the doctrine was that you keep demonstrations away. It took the killing of Malik Usekin for that to happen. Now, today, the doctrine has completely changed. And what happened to the Yellow Vest movement is the application of a change of doctrine, meaning that police officers do not no longer keep at bay demonstrations, but they walk to them and seek what we call contact. They seek to literally chase them and beat them and put them to submission. And that's why the numbers of police brutality victims during demonstrations kept, have been growing for the past at least five years. This is, not, this is not something you can minimize because the police now is literally confronting demonstrators instead of keeping them at bay. Now, when you look at yellow vest activists or demonstrators and you see them without, with their eyes being blown up or their hands being maimed, you know that there has been a change in the doctrine of the police forces. The case of Malik Osekin also speaks volume on the so-called integration of descendants of the colonies. Malik Osekin was born in 1964, and when he was killed, his sister testified that His ambition was to finish school and become a Jesuit priest. His father had fought along the colonial troops. And this sends a message. When you serve France, and as a soldier, you are treated like garbage, the way France did with its own colonial Frances that turned against their own brothers and sisters and their own neighbors in order to keep France in Algeria. And those soldiers are not, in, are not only treated like subhumans, but their kids are killed. What does that say about France and its acceptance, supposedly, of non-whites in the, into the national body? Now, let's talk about this national body. In 2016, as the police were raiding, ransacking, beating down Muslim fathers, Muslim mothers, Muslim daughters, Muslim sons, and as mosques were being ransacked, nine out of ten French people had, quote-unquote, a good opinion of the French police. That survey was conducted on June 2016 in the midst of the state of emergency, which means that white people in France, the majority population, did identify with the police and did not care about police brutality in the suburbs against Muslims, against blacks and Arabs. Fast forward to 2020. January of 2020, a survey comes out and shows that uh, French people have a very low opinion of the French police. 43% of French people had a good opinion of the police. But what happened in the meantime for the majority population to switch from fully fully supporting the police? Despite its violence against innocent Muslims, I remind You, dear listeners, over 5,000 raids were carried against Muslims. 0.16% led to investigations on terror grounds. That means that state of emergency was an anti-Muslim state retaliation. It wasn't about chasing terrorists around. It was about sending a message, and I'm quoting a prefect in the Grand Paris area, speaking to Muslim clerics, Complaining about the police that had ransacked their places of worship, and the prefect says we have to send a message. Alright? We have to flex our muscles and show public opinion that we are doing something. And that spoke of volumes because as the French state was supposedly fighting terrorists, it was fighting its own Muslim population. And the majority of the population in France supported that. And today, only 43% of them support the police. Why? Because that police brutality has turned against white people through the Yellow Vest Movement. And we saw what happened to the Yellow Vest Movement, which lasted for over a year. Every Saturday, marching. Every Saturday, people getting memed. People losing their eyes, people getting broken ribs, people getting arrested. Now, when Muslims were complaining about that violence, when blacks and Arabs were saying, the police is killing us and nobody is doing a thing about it, nobody did something about it. Nobody came in support. In 2005, when the suburbs, when the banlieue rose after the death of Ziyad and Buna, who were, were so scared of the police, despite them not having done a thing, they saw the police and they ran for their lives and hid in an electrical post. They got electrocuted to death. Ziad and Buna remind us why our kids run away from the police. This is not a Republican force in the French sense of the word. This is not a legitimate use of violence. This is state-sponsored brutality, legitimized on the bodies of blacks and Arabs and accepted by the majority population. And today, once that police brutality turns against white people, they come around and say, we have a problem with the police. And what happened yesterday was a sign that the police is a national problem in France. It is not an institution that has oversight or which is subjected, excuse me, of oversight. Nothing controls the police in France. The police is out of control in France. Don't quote the the so-called IGPN or the... Institution that is, that is called the police of the police because it is constituted of former police officers. Now, how can police officers investigate on other police officers and, for, and us to expect accountability, transparency, impartiality? That is just impossible. Now, the fact that today there is widespread agreement that we have a problem with the police, does not hide the fact that the police is only a reflection of the crumbling Fifth Republic or the current political regime. Let me explain. In France, we currently live under the Fifth Republic with the constitution that was passed in 1958. The constitution was passed in order to bring back to power Charles de Gaulle and have him president of the country. But that regime is, to quote Patrick Veil, who is a Yale legal scholar, is a compromise between the monarchy and the republic because the president has such overwhelming, unchecked powers that in France we call him the Republican king. And this regime under Emmanuel Macron is crumbling. The violence of the executive branch of power has been displayed for the past 50 years. It has weakened the judiciary. It has weakened parliament. In France, the uh, parliamentary elections, or I should say, uh, the um, election legislative, which make us elect uh, our deputies or MPs. They take place right after the presidential election, which means once a president gets elected, he is almost guaranteed that he's going to have a majority in parliament, which means there will, no, there will be no checks and balances between the executive branch of power and the legislative branch of power. And that has been going on for so long that the executive branch of power has become so unpopular that people today are calling for the Sixth Republic, meaning a new constitution, a new organizing of public powers, a new separation of powers, and new mechanisms of accountability. And those mechanisms of accountability ought to be applied to the police. Because if the police today is ever more brutal, ever more violent, and its violence has been unchecked for so many years, It's because the only line standing between the regime and the people is the police. And the police might be racist and brutal, the police is not stupid. They know that the executive branch of power owes them big time, otherwise they would be toppled by the people as we saw it with the Uh, longevity of the Yellow Vest movement and them standing between the government and the people means they can blackmail the government and impose their own agenda and stand in the face of the French government should the government seek accountability because of their violence. And when you know that the the unions, the, the majority unions in the French police are hard right is not far right unions, that 52% of the police and gendarmerie voted for Marie Le Pen in the last presidential elections, what does that say? It means not only is the far right in power, but the police is applying a far right agenda with a weak government that pretends not to be part of the far right. And this is why there will be no police reform in France as long as there will be no constitutional reform of the current Fifth Republic. My name is Yasser Louati and I have been talking to you straight from the Paris South Side, Until our next episode, you stay safe and keep the struggle alive. Talk to you soon.